Introducing first to my right, with over 1,000 career kills, he's come back to life seven times. Hailing from Elm Street, the man with the killer right hand, the Springwood Slasher, Freddy Krueger. Now, ladies and gentlemen, to my left, his opponent, over 1,200 kills, 10 times resurrected, and he's got one mean machete. Ladies and gentlemen, from Camp Crystal Lake, introducing the Tower of Power, Jason Gentlemen, please, at this time, we would like to have the Rogan could, could you please step backstage here behind it? Mr. Kruger, Mr. Boris, please. Back here, please. You're slow, you're stupid, and you're all washed up. Freddy Krueger, 174 and three-quarter pounds. Freddy Krueger. Jason Voorhees, 275 pounds. Jason, there's been a, a great deal of controversy about your training methods. How do you respond to that? No comment. What's the matter? Can't you speak for yourself, hockey puck? Senior Freddy, what do you anticipate will be your most difficult challenge in fighting Jason? Waiting to see if this Goldie here can find a ring. <laughs> Freddy. <clears throat> Woody. Do you feel your ability to speak and thus talk trash gives you a distinct advantage in intimidating Jason before your big fight? I don't need no stinking distinct advantage. If Mama's boy here, he's big. He's dumb, he's slow, he's stupid, and he ain't got no style! Place your bets, people! See in the ring, Voorhees! Well, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Those are the official odds. Jason is a two to three favorite over Freddy, who is seven to five as an underdog. Security well, ladies and gentlemen, the press conference, I believe, is over at this time. We thank you for coming to Battles Las Vegas. Don't forget, it's going to be the rumble between Freddy versus Jason. August 15th, we'll see you then, everybody. Thank you for coming. What's up, everybody? And happy Halloween from the Lights Out podcast. Jay Allison, James Klein, 
we are here talking the big mega powers uh, finally colliding brother Freddy and Jason coming after each other we're here on the lights out on 2023's Halloween talking these two big franchises talking the the battle of the century that happened in 2003 all right move over Tyson Holyfield move over Flair and Steamboat move over uh, 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 was it Muhammad Ali and whoever he faced? Move, move over, brother. We got <laughs> Freddie versus Jason on this bitch, brother. All right, this is the matchup, brother. That was box office. You know what I mean? Selling seats, putting butts in the seats, brother. An ash every, an ass every twenty-four inch. Okay, fifteen, brother. Fifteen inch, yeah. So there we go, bro. We're talking about the slasher man himself, the cock block himself. The man who cannot be destroyed, Jason Voorhees, versus the mindfucker, Freddy Krueger. And we're going to battle it out, brother. Because we're talking all about 2003's Freddy versus Jason. What's happening, Allison? And happy Halloween, motherfucker. What's up, man? Happy Halloween. It's finally here. It's like uh, the retro blood Christmas, right? It's finally here. Um, yep. We're all eating our candy, eating too much candy, getting sick, drinking our uh, dark beers. Sitting in front of the fire, yeah. watching our horror movies. Hell yeah. Partying out there. Great night. Getting out there. Getting the costumes going on. Partying. Oh, drinking. Yeah. Falling down. Being wild. Yeah. Like those guys from Night, Night of the Demons. Fucking wild. Exactly. Shit. But yeah. I mean, we, we, you know, we decided to do this special Lights Out episode on the, uh, you know, for this, for this year's Halloween. Because we just finished up the entire 1980s catalog of the Friday the 13th mm-hmm. films. And yep. of course, for long listeners of the Retro Blood, we talked about all about the uh, the Freddy movies that came out, the, Night of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies that came out in the 80s as well. So we just thought like, okay, well, since these two franchises are so linked up to each other, why don't we talk some of the gaps of what happened after we got out of the 80s, brother, and how we finally led up to these two mega slashers and mega horror icons, how they finally battled it out for the first time on screen. Yeah. So, we had uh, Friday the 13th Part 7 for the people, wait, Part 8, where he's in Manhattan, right? Yes. Yeah, and then um, then in the 90s, so w- that was, what, 88 or 89? That was 89. I that believe it was 89, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, and then we would get uh, Jason Goes to Hell in 2000, I mean, it's 2000, in 1993, I believe. 93, yes. Yeah, so then, and that one, um, I haven't seen that one in a very long time, but I at have. the very end of that, uh, Jason, uh, Jason, Freddy's glove pops out of the ground, so that gives yes. you your, like, because that was the first New Line one, I guess, yes. and that was, uh, that was going to be, uh, if we're finally giving people what they want, supposedly. Personally, I've never been a big fan of these crossover movies. Um, like, I don't want to see like Marvel and DC fight each other. It's just it, they're completely different worlds to me. But um, but everybody wanted seemingly seemingly wanted to see this, so we're gonna get it. And I haven't I watched this movie in the theater when it came out, but I have not watched it since until I watched it for this show. And I have to say, I liked it better than I thought I would. Yeah. Yeah, that's something we'll uh, talk anyway. about. Yeah, we'll, we'll, but, uh, give, our, we'll yeah. give our thoughts about the movie because I'm like in your category. Like, I actually really like this movie, and I thought they did a very good job, like you know, saving face for both uh, for both characters. 
Because, you know, like, this is like a, you know, it, we, we've been talking I, I pretty much since when we did that review on for Jason um, Friday the 13th Part 7, The New Blood. You know, that's yeah. when they kind of were coming up with the idea, hey, why don't we work with Paramount to bring in, uh, uh, why, why, don't, why don't Paramount work with New Line to bring in uh, 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 Freddy so we can have a little clash. So they're already in kind of like works. You know, I mean, for such a long time trying to get these two characters um, to go clash with each other. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, like, I, I, it'd be pretty fun when we do a little bit of a breakdown. We're not going to go, like, you know, scene by scene, but we're going to give our thoughts about the whole movie. Uh, but I do want to talk about, like, how we got here. Okay? Yes. So, obviously, in the 80s, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th were, like, were two big mega franchises. You know? You know, obviously, there was a bit more movies of the uh, Friday the 13th in the 80s than there was of uh, um, Nightmare on Elm Street. You know, Nightmare on Elm Street pretty much ended in the 80s around number five, The Dream Child. And then mm-hmm. it would go to number six, which would be Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. All right. And, you know, we didn't review that one because it's out of the 80s on the Retro Blood. But basically, in that one, you know, the kids finally figured out how to kind of stop Freddy. And they basically sent him to a, a version of hell um, on, on his own. You know, so basically, you know, because this movie, um, I thought that the, the way they did it was pretty cool with Freddy versus Jason where they took, you know, they didn't skip any. Well, they, they used the canon, basically. Like the only movies we're not counting in this canon are like Jason X and Wes Craven's New Nightmare, which I'm completely fine with. Okay. Both yeah. Those are a Jason tough. X wasn't out yet, was it? No, it was. Yeah, Jason X was already out. Really? Yeah. Oh no! By the time Freddy versus Jason came out, yes. I'm sorry. I was thinking Friday Thirteenth Part Nine for some reason, but yeah, yeah. Okay. I got you. Yeah, yeah. So that one already came out and stuff. Uh, Jason X, but so Freddy versus Jason is basically taking where uh, Jason goes to hell, left off, and then where uh, the final uh, nightmare for for Freddy. So, but I actually mm-hmm. I think they did more hints. And Jason goes to hell than pretty much any movie. And I kind of want to talk about that because I know you haven't seen it in a while. But I actually watched it before I, I watched uh, Freddy vs. Jason just to check it out. And this movie is mm-hmm. actually pretty good about explaining a lot of things. I was actually pretty surprised of the idea like this director, this Adam Marcus guy had. And mm-hmm. I actually thought he did a pretty... Now, now, the movie, to be honest with you, kind of sucked because... The whole movie is basically Jason. He's like dead, right? They kill him in the fucking beginning of the film, and he's basically just like and like taking over people's bodies and be, and being like taking over people's bodies. And he he's basically what he needs to do is he has to find a Voorhees line because I think there's like a I can't remember. I think it was like a sister he had or a baby. There's like a baby out there where he had to take over this Voorhees baby's line, and that's how he can yeah. reanimate himself again. Okay, so the okay, actual like fine. the actual movie, it, it, you don't really see Jason at all. It's basically just a bunch of people that he's taken over their bodies, killing a bunch of people. Okay, so it's a little rough, but the 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 concepts of this movie, I thought that he introduced were were pretty pretty fun. And I'll tell you, so what he did was he in a little like uh, Easter egg at the time. Mm-hmm. We have a scene where one of the characters picks up. They're in uh, Pamela Voorhees' like cabin, 
which I guess she has her own cabin that's been abandoned for years that we never visited on any of the Friday films except for this one. But she had her own cabin, and in her cabin, she actually had a copy of the Necronomicon from Evil Dead. Uh-oh. Yeah. So, and it was never, it, on the film, you know, they didn't own the, it was a different production company, but this guy, Adam, he knew people that were working on Army of Darkness, and he asked um, Sam Sam Rainey if he could borrow the book for his movie. And Sam was like, yeah, yeah, no problem. Here you go. Just lending him out the book. All right. So he just added it in the film. And the reason that he wanted to add the book in the film was he he was like kind of like with us where we were kind of confused about the Jason like timeline in a way. Like how can Jason... Mm-hmm at the end of the original Friday the 13th be a boy, and then we're going to the next Friday the 13th part two, which is supposed to take in, take place, make, you know, not even like a month later, and he's already a full grown man, you know? So we had our own kind of like explanation, but his was that the Pamela Forhees was so distraught that her son drowned and everything that she would do any kind of measure to get him back. So what she did was, she found the Necronomicon and she read from it and she turned Jason into like this, like, you know, like kind of like a demon, but like a different style demon. Not not like the demons we would see in Evil Dead, but like a different demon. Because, you know, the book has more than just one demon, brother. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. So I actually thought that was a pretty clever idea, you know, because we're mixing That's a good that, idea for sure. Because we're mixing that franchise and it does... It does explain why Jason can do the things that he can do. You know, why can this guy take an axe to the head and be okay? You know, why can, you know, why can why why can he even be reanimated like a Frankenstein? Like, you know what I mean? Like so Yeah. It, it, I actually thought that the the guy's idea was pretty clever and of course, you know, going past Freddy versus Jason, they did want to add that element in for a sequel yes. doing Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. You know, they didn't do it in movie form, but they did do it in comic book form, which I have never read before. But I just thought that was pretty clever of uh, of that. And, um, of course, like you were saying, and the end of uh, Jason Goes to Hell, you know, Jason is goes to hell, and we have Freddy yes. who takes him down there with his glove. So. Right, because they had sent Freddy to a form of hell at the end of his... his, his movie yes. series. Yes. Um, yeah, that Freddy versus Jason versus the evil dead i think that would have been a good movie but i don't know how that would have not been a straight comedy though yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah just imagine like ash and freddie going one-on-one i mean it's just jokes everywhere you know what i mean who can one each other up yeah with jokes brother so and then they're both like uh, uh shooting one-liners at jason and he's just standing there looking yeah. at him yeah, yeah just trying to ax him yeah it, I, I can really see that. Like I said, I haven't read the comic book, but I'm pretty sure like what you're explaining is what, what happens. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, it's pretty interesting seeing these, uh, these two clash, you know? So, you know, the, the, the progression of the characters is pretty interesting as well. So, you know, with Friday the 13th, we know we see Jason as a boy. He turns into the sack Jason. He later on gets his iconic hockey mask. Um, he gets killed by a young Corey Feldman with a big ass knife. Mm-hmm. Then we resurrect him like Frankenstein, and he's basically a hard to kill monster until we see him. And um, you know, Jason goes to hell where he finally goes to hell. You know, with Freddy, 
he is like this uh, mass, uh, very creepy background at the beginning of the Nightmare on Elm Street. You know, you know this like this child serial killer. You know, get escapes from from uh, prison because of a technicality. So the whole town takes their revenge on him by burning him alive in his boiler room and shit. And then he comes back to haunt these kids' dreams. And of course, the parents are trying to cover it up while these kids are getting slaughtered by Jason. I mean, probably uh, Freddy. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and did we see, you know, obviously the Dream Warriors, we have that really cool, like, this whole band of kids trying to, you know, fight Freddy in their dreams, you know, and then we have the Dream Child, you know, doing, uh, uh, fighting Freddy that way as too, and then we got the, the Jason, uh, Freddy, you know, uh, Freddy goes, uh, go, you know, the final nightmare is what I'm trying to say, and then they kind of figure out how to get rid of Freddy by, you know, basically not... You know, not being afraid of him. You know, not being afraid of Freddy. You know, showing no fear, kind of forgetting about him. So, but um, <clears throat> you know, that's kind of like the recap of the the films we did. But also, I do want to talk to you. So, I think it's very interesting that the I think that one of the bigger stories besides these two characters fighting is the two production companies. So we have New Line who owns the Freddy rights, and we have. Uh, uh, Paramount, who owns the Jason rights. And, like, I, I was just thinking, like, the whole time, it's kind of like two, like, different wrestling promotions trying to come together and create, like, a super clash. Mm. Mm-hmm. K- kind of, except didn't um, New Line take over the rights to Jason? Yes. But I, I'm for, talking about the beginning. Nine. So, you know... Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, before they actually took over the rights... Um, you know, Paramount wanted to do this idea. I think they had this yeah. idea kind of close to, like I said, New Blood going into J- Jason Takes Manhattan. They had the idea, or at least the Sean Cunningham had the idea. It was like, hey, why don't we, you know, have these two mega powers, you know, collide and see what happens? And it was just an idea. And so basically what happened was Paramount, they wanted to... they. <laughs> They they asked New Line for the Freddy rights, okay? Check mm-hmm. this one out, Allison. You're going to like this. So they asked New Line for the Freddy rights. But they're like, okay, well, give us your character, but we're going to book him our way. We don't give a fuck what you guys think. Just just sell us the rights for a couple, just one movie, but we're just going to book him. And New Line's like, well, you want my top star, and I don't even have a say in it? They're like, yeah, we just want to take it over. Okay? So that's why basically it didn't work for so long. Is because, you know, Paramount wanted complete rights to everything. And New Line didn't want to give up one of their top stars. You know what I mean? And, like, have Paramount make all the money and shit like that. So, Well, so it seems like... They... Like, it seems like this could have been worked out. Of course, we're in a different time now than then. You got to consider that what it was like then. Nobody shared any kind of... Um, IP at the time. Yeah, that just that just didn't happen. It didn't happen in any medium, really. Like there, there are like, um, you know, around this time, the '90s and early 2000s, there are like, you know, record albums that have been shelved and can't be released and can never be released because one of the people that played on it had a contract with a different record company and they just somehow couldn't work that out. Um, but you know, and wrestling was the same way. Like if you if you you know if you work for WCW or some indie in, in, in most cases, there's a couple exceptions, but you could never work for anyone else. And now all that stuff's kind of changing. It changed in indie wrestling. 
where they would they would you know share talent and now even wwe's loaning talent out to other people yeah um but yeah so i mean it's kind of like it just seems weird that they couldn't work this out that you know they're like what were they doing with freddy krueger in 2003 that they were and you know in 1993 that they or in the 90s that they weren't going to that they couldn't let uh, you know paramount use him yeah like you know they, they weren't even making freddy movies i don't think well so, i mean what were they gonna do the only they freddy, tv show yeah they had this they had well they both had a tv show you know we had the friday the 13th tv show and we yeah, had but jason the, wasn't in that yeah well yeah yeah friday yeah that's right yeah that was more like a uh, anthology series yeah you know where it just like stories that don't have anything to do with actual jason or the jason timeline it was just yeah, like um wrong. yeah it just had to do with the friday the 13th lore i guess and the the freddy series was basically kind of like the same but freddy was actually in it he was like kind of like he was like the elvira he's, he's like the host, the host yes yes <laughs> so which it was a clever idea um but you know like i said like the only thing you know they were using jason you know like i said like the uh the final nightmare was made in the 90s plus west craven's new nightmare was made in the, the 90s true. as well that's true that's a good but point. you know but there was those were early 90s like we didn't get yeah. fucking jason versus freddy until like 2003 but you know there's reasons yeah. behind it though you know so like uh a couple of things, you know, like I was saying, like, you know, it, it's, it's just really interesting to see like this concept was, uh, all the way in 1987. And I think when we talked about that on the new blood, you know, that guy, Tom, you know, he, he mm-hmm. was the, the first person who tried to reach out to new line to kind of get the, uh, the, the, the IP of Freddie to make this movie, but it didn't work out. And I think, and then what happened was, so after Jason takes Manhattan, right. Uh, that movie bombed. You know what I mean? They couldn't. They couldn't handle the heroin and, and the cocaine, no. brother of the New York. They couldn't handle it. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> so apparently, you know, Sean S. Cunningham, he wanted to require the rights to Friday the 13th and begin working with New Line on the Freddy versus Jason. Pretty much right after that movie bombed. You know. Yeah. So eventually, what would happen was Paramount would sell the rights to to uh, to J- to Jason. But it's funny though. They sold the rights to Jason and the character, but they didn't sell the rights to Friday the 13th. So that's why, like, the uh, Jason Goes to Hell, the final Friday, is not. Any, it doesn't have Friday the 13th around there at all. And it doesn't mm-hmm. have Friday the 13th in Jason X, or it doesn't have Friday the 13th in Jason versus Freddy because Paramount sold off the Jason rights, but they didn't sell off the Friday the 13th rights. Oh, okay. Yeah, they only bought the rights to the character. Mm hmm. Of Jason Voorhees, essentially. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So basically what you're saying is that when they were going to do this originally, um, Paramount wanted to buy the rights to use Freddy. They didn't want to co... They didn't want to collaborate yeah. with New Line. Probably what caused that to fall through. Yeah. Because they, cause they were... New Line was probably thinking, well, this will make a lot of money and we want a share of it. We want a percentage, not... Yeah, you know, we want to share in the profits, not make a, a set amount to, to, for to let them use our character. Yeah, I mean, it's basically like fucking, um, you know, you got like your top star, star in your territory. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're not gonna go rent them off to like the E or the WWE and be like, okay, you know, you, you can borrow him for a little bit and then you can book him how you want. Like, you know, that's a little dangerous. You know, you don't know if Paramount with full control is gonna like put Freddie over. 
You know what I mean? Well, I don't think they cared about that. I think they cared more about like, okay, well, we're going to pay you a set fee to use your top star, but we're, you know, but we're going to sell out the Pontiac Silverdome and we're not going to give you any of those ticket sales. Yeah. I think that's kind of what more they were worried about. But, um, um, but you know, I mean, I, it's kind of like how the Spider-Man movies work now. So like Sony owns the exclusive rights to Spider-Man and any Spider-Man characters, but their movies keep flopping so bad that they were finally like, okay, Disney, just make a Spider-Man movie that people will go see and we'll let you do whatever you want. That's what they wanted to do originally with Freddy and Jason, but New Line wasn't going to have that because they, they, they're too protective of their Freddy Krueger character, which I don't blame them. I mean, you know, I would be too if I owned that character. Yeah. So, you know, there was a lot of like back and forth, you know, the biggest person who wanted to do the clash of Jason yeah. versus Freddy with uh, was the original writer or, or original director for Friday the 13th, Sean S. Cunningham. Yeah, so, Cunningham. you know, he, he was every, ever since they kind of like, they were getting the rights, you know, they, they, they sold the light, you know, the rights to Jason to, to Dune nine, you know, mm-hmm. some every, things started happening. So, once that happened, then Wes Craven got back the rights to Freddy, and then he's, he wanted to make a new Freddy movie, which is the Wes Craven do Nightmare. And they're like, okay, well, fuck, you know, now we got to put Jason on, Jason on, uh, Freddy versus on hold, so I'll just make this other movie, Jason Goes to Hell, the final Friday, all right? And afterwards, you know, there was still discussion in the 90s about possibly doing Freddy versus Jason, and then it got put on hold again, and then Sean's like, okay, well, you know, since it's still on hold, I got to keep this character fresh. Why don't I just put Jason in space, brother? Okay? Because it worked out Absolutely. so well for all these other people that go to space. Um, like Pinhead goes to space. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it I mean, I could, I could see the Hellraiser movie. I haven't seen the space one, but I could see like the Hellraiser movie working anywhere, really. No, that one's rough. Nature, how it works, but... That one's a but, you know, one. like <laughs> I kind of like you it, know, though. like I always <laughs> thought that the the Jason Jason Ten Jason in space. I, I always thought that the way that that came about was like somebody just went into like an office at New Line and said, "All right, hear me out." <laughs> Jason in space. Okay, and pitch, they're like, "Okay, pitch do it. it to me, brother." <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like um, that is your pitch. It's right kind of like uh, that doesn't sell it. Yeah. Nothing will. It's kind of like Jim Cornette in the box. It's like, well, everything gets over getting out of a box. <laughs> you know what I mean, you know what's getting over yeah. nowadays, brother? We put all these characters in space. You put them in space, brother. You give them some sort of uh, uh, metallic mask. Butts in the seats, brother. It'd be fifteen inches. Butts in the seats. Okay. So eventually, after like when when was when was Jason next? That had to be like early nineties and stuff. Let me see. It was it was past ninety six because I remember being working in the movie movie theater industry when it happened. When it yeah. Came out. Okay, so it actually came out um, in the United States April twenty sixth two thousand and two. So okay, so we're so wow, after that's this later than I thought. Yeah, that's later than I thought too. So that's interesting. So yeah, like. Uh, Basically, one year later, we would get this uh, concept of Freddy vs. Jason finally being made. And, boy, they were having a tough time at the beginning. <laughs> so, basically, <laughs> they, the people at the New Line, they, they, they wanted to find the right people. Okay? Mm. Because they knew these IPs are very, you know, very big in the horror you know, land. So, they wanted to find the right people to it. 
and they they were doing like a lot of auditions for directors and you know at first they wanted a couple of the big ones like you know they asked Wes Craven he denied it they asked a couple other directors but they eventually got this uh, Ronnie Yu who, Ronnie Yu yes he yes. was I actually thought he did a great job and uh, so he actually did this movie that I hate fucking really? Bride of Chucky brother I fucking hate that movie you don't like Bride of Chucky and no. that's the one with um uh God, what's her name? He just left my mind. Yeah, the, I, I, I know you're talking about. Her. She's on the she's on the new TV show too. Yeah, the girl. Yeah, I yeah. Uh, I love her. Um, I don't like any of the the child's play movies. Really, no. I mean, the first one's okay, I guess. But um, I mean, I thought that that one was kind of cool for what it was. However, <laughs> Ronnie Yu <laughs> is a really really good director, and you can tell from this movie. Yes. Um, he's made a lot of really good movies. Um, yes. That, but you have to be like a Chinese action nerd like me to have known them, but he made this movie called with Chow Yun Fat called The Postman Strikes Back that I really like a lot. And he's made a lot of really, really good movies. Um, Bride or Bride of Chucky just wasn't one of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, he, I he's just made a lot of really good movies. It could be biased because I personally do not like the Chucky series. I know a lot of people do out there. If you do, I apologize. It's just not my thing. I try. Yeah. Okay. And I will try again a couple times. You know what I mean? Because I I like the concept of the Chucky stuff, but I just I just I just it just doesn't work for me, brother. It's the sequels that killed it, just like everything mm-hmm. else. Like if they just made one movie and just let it go, it would have been fine. There's no way the the character would have been too big. So yeah, but um, so they they asked him and he denied it. But then but then after a while they asked him again because they couldn't find any any kind of director guy, and they were just uh, apparently that with the girl. Uh, Apparently, when they when they were trying to like hire, they were just taking anybody. You know, they're trying to audition anybody to try to do this film to direct it. But they finally got Ronnie Yu to do it. I thought he did a really good job, and I thought his ideas uh, for the film were really good because he wanted to do when when we're seeing the fight scenes between Jason and Freddy, he wanted to make it like raw because and he was right. You know, around this time and even in the um, in the nineties and the eighties. You know, a lot of times when these uh, these horror, you know, we would have like a kill and they would cut away. You know what I mean? Or you, you wouldn't see the whole shot. You wouldn't see the whole blow by blow. You know, some movies did it pretty well. But he said like he basically wanted to make this like a drag out fight where you actually see every yeah. claw, every snap, every fight, every punch. He wanted to make it like a big like, you know, match like these two big time, like even even said it was kind of like a wrestling match in a way. You know what I mean? You got yeah. these guys going at it, hitting each other hard. You know what I mean? You see all the blows. You feel all the blows. And I actually thought he did a really good job of when they were all fighting together. Uh, when they got Ronnie Yu, they recast Jason to suit him more. Yeah. From my understanding. Well, you know, they got the guy who is in um, Friday the 13th, Jason Takes Manhattan. You yeah. Know, he was the one that, um, he was the one that, uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, Kane Hodder, you know what I mean? Playing Jason at the time, uh, took the he went to the diner and the guy who was like the cook of the diner, who was like even bigger than Jason, and he like took him and threw him against the wall, so he got killed. Yeah, yeah, he's the guy that. Yeah, right, he's the guy at the mm-hmm. diner. So like, even when we did that movie, that because I, I, I was thinking, wow, he's he makes Jason look tiny. Yeah. So then they got him to do this one because he's taller than uh, he was just taller. Yeah, and the guy's yeah, name is uh, Ken Kritzner. And the reason they got him is because he was a big uh, stunt coordinator. 
and they, uh, I guess, like, Kane, he wanted to do this movie. You know what I mean? Like, he wanted to do it, but oh, then yeah. they, they eventually settled on, on Ken just because of the size and everything. So, and it's pretty funny because, you know, Ken and Kane are the only two characters who played Jason and got killed by Jason. Because Ken got killed by Jason, quotation marks, kind of, because he just threw him against a glass. And Jason mm. takes Manhattan, and Kane got killed by Freddy. Uh, I know he got killed by Jason, and uh, Jason goes to hell because he was like one of the uh, the security guard officers that got killed by Jason in there when he when he escaped. So, but yeah, they got him doing. Of course, they got Robert England, and this is still the. I believe this is just still unless he did like a short s- clip or something in recent times. But this is still Robert England's final appearance as playing Freddy. On mm-hmm. here. Yep. So, per- go ahead. I was going to say, so... Um, yeah, I mean, I thought that... Um, I don't know. Like, I feel like Robert England kind of created this character. Mm-hmm. And it would be hard for me to see anybody else play J- Freddy. Well, we saw um, that, and it sucked. I didn't see it. I've, oh, you never I've, said I've that? that? No, I, I never a, saw the, the remake. It's a little rough. So the remake of, yeah. of Nightmare on the Street is rough. To me, it's rough as shit. Now, the remake yeah, of Friday the sure 13th is. is not that bad. No, because it was written by the people who wrote this movie. Yes, exactly. That's why it's good. These, the, I was going to mention that because I'm sure you'll get to it. But like, yeah. the, I think the, the writers on this, this... Ronnie Yu, the director, and the writers on this are the only thing that made this thing watchable. Yes. Like, I think if it had anybody else had worked on it, it would have been absolute garbage. Okay. But that, they, they, they actually had good ideas. Yes. And that was my second point of some of the development. Apparently, okay, mm-hmm. it they had like 12 scripts out there. People were just throwing sure scripts fucking left and right for this movie, brother. And, they, and they just, the guys, the writers were saying like, listen... All these scripts were like the same. Okay. It all had yeah. some Freddy cult. Okay. And they raised up Jason from the lake. And there's some sort of heart in the lake that raises Jason uh, back to life. Okay. <laughs> but it was like, you know, we didn't want to do all that because they, they were saying like a lot of these scripts were not even counting the, the former films. And these guys, they wanted to count everything, you know, besides obviously, you know, Jason X and Rex Craven's new nightmare. They wanted to count pretty much everything and make this a canon for both films, which is a you yeah. know pretty daunting task with his characters, you know. But I thought they did pretty well when it comes to giving, you know, both characters screen time and giving both characters like logical ways that they're they're like they're there. Like I thought it was a pretty a good idea of the writing, like you were saying. I thought the writing was really well on this film. Yeah. And I thought it actually went with both lores pretty well. And it actually shocked me yeah. that like when, when, you know, Freddie's when if Freddie first appears in the movie and he explains why he's doing what he's doing. Yeah. The first thing that I thought I said, I was sitting in my house by myself watching it and out loud, I said, wow, that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. I was like, whoa, like I was shocked. I was yeah. shocked that they actually yeah. came up with a reason for this to happen. That makes sense. Yeah. And you know, so but, we yeah. can talk about a little bit, you know, the actual plot of the film, like, you know, the the basic thing is, you know, it's been a while and Freddie is basically, you know, stuck in like this like limbo right now because he can't, he can't do anything. Mm-hmm. He, 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 all the people on his Elm Street, his uh, area of killing have forgotten about him 
or you know they don't talk about them they don't and there's a reason why because there's also a, a drug that they made in this town what was it called like hip hip hypnotose or something uh, yeah, it's drug. like hip, 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 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's yeah like, it gets rid of dreams. Yeah, it gets rid of dreams. It's like they special developed this little pill, brother, that you can take away your dreams. Okay, and they give it to the whole, I guess, the whole town. And there's some people who, <laughs> Which, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's hypno- a little crazy. Sorry, it's yeah. hypnosol, hypnosol, yeah, yeah. And so that's that's one reason they can kind of explain why no, why nobody is having like dreams in this town. And I, and of course, like you know, they don't. Have, I don't think they give it to everybody. I think they just gave it to certain people to forget the dreams. Maybe like most of the adults, because at this particular time, a lot of the kids didn't really know who Freddy Krueger was. Like you know, they don't really talk about him or anything. So at the kids of Elm Street. And so basically, Freddy comes with the, this, uh, this uh, this idea. Where he is, so since they're both, I guess, kind of like in hell, okay, they are going to, Freddy is going to resurrect Jason, because he could do that, you know what I mean? And, because, you know, Freddy, I mean, Jason can't really die, I guess. And I guess, I, I guess the only way to possibly kill Jason is if you, if you shred him up a bunch of pieces, maybe? I have no idea. No, he'd still come back. Yeah, the blue lightning would bring all of his pieces back together. That's true. The eighties blue lightning, brother. Can... There should have been like a movie like that where somebody was like, you know, they actually chop Jason up into a bunch of pieces and take the pieces all over the world. Yeah, and then you make this like Indiana Jones type movie where there's somebody that has this cult of Jason and they're trying to get all of his pieces back together. Yeah, and then he finds all the pieces and the blue lightning comes down and brings Jason back to life. That would be awesome. They could do that. But you they know. didn't do that. I mean, they, that's how that's how we can yeah, that's how we can get uh, Michael Myers and Jason to come together because it would be the Thorn people. You know what I mean? There you go, yes. brother. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, the Thorn people could be bringing Jason back. Too. Hey, you know they are. They did. They they did sell the rights to the Halloween franchise to. Uh, oh God, what was it? To a new company. Uh, the company escapes my head right now, but they, I think they sold like a TV rights. So there you go, brother. That could be a whole season yeah. of Halloween. I thought it was A24. Though. No, no, no. A24, I think the A, okay. I think this other company outbid them. Okay. Okay. I think A24 might get the movie rights, but this other company got the TV rights, which I didn't realize there was TV rights. Of Halloween, so we're gonna make a Friday the third or uh, make a Halloween TV show, which could be a good idea. And I have ideas if they want to holler at your boy because I actually have three seasons already planned out for that show. <laughs> yeah, I can. I'll tell you, like, what, uh, you can do a whole season. Yeah, off Halloween three season, of the witch, the aftermath of yeah. what happened. I mean, come on, that'd be cool as shit. Mm-hmm. You could do a whole season talking about the Thorn trilogy. Like you said, you can have Jason show up and shit. Thorn trilogy, no problem. And we can do uh, uh, just a reboot of Michael Myers again, brother, because that's what we always do. There you go. Three seasons. Already done. That's your three seasons right there. So, But apparently when they were working on this script, like one thing that, uh, one thing that uh, uh, astounded me the most, they spent like $6 million just to develop a script, which is like three times more than most of the other movies made. Yeah. I mean, not made, but three times more than most of the other movies cost to make. Yeah. And they and actually, this movie cost more to make than all the other movies combined. Yeah, thirty million. <laughs> That's pretty yeah. much like that is pretty much le- that is le- almost less 
Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not. Maybe it's almost... Uh, if you count all of the Friday the 13th movies up to part 8, they might be about how much all of them were. $30 million to make. Yeah, so I actually did add it up. And I think that if you get to th- around $30 million yeah. by the time you get to part 8. Well, there so, you go. So part 9 would have pushed it over the $30 million mark. But they made 8 Friday the 13th movies for less than this movie cost. Yeah. To make. Um but yeah, they, but the, but they spent a lot of time on scripts. They had a lot of good people working on scripts. Yeah, um, and they didn't pick any of those. But then they, but the script they picked up was pretty good. Yeah, I the mean, one that you know, yeah, um, the one that got ri- written by Mark Swift and yeah. uh, and and uh, was it Damon Shannon? They wrote that, and yes. then they had this uh, script re- reviser. I believe his name was David Gordon. He was the one. So basically, Swift and Shannon they they created a whole script, but they timed it, and the movie was like almost like two hours long. And the producers yeah, were like, "Ah, oh, you know, brother, you know, this is a you know highly you know this is gonna be a big you know for horror fans, it's gonna be like like a big mega event." But two hours is kind of pushing it, brother. Let's let's cut it back a little bit. So yeah, and I think you did mention this, but I don't know if you mentioned names, but like so they offered it to Ronnie U one time and he turned it down. Yes. Wes Craven turned it down. Mm-hmm. Guillermo del Toro turned it down. And yep. Rob Zombie turned it down. That's interesting. I didn't know Red's Well, did he make House of the when did he make House of the Thousand Corpses? Is that already a he, thing? He turned he turned this movie down to make House of the Thousand Corpses. Ah, okay. Which uh, makes sense because that's his own idea. And yeah. I'm sure that's why he wanted to do that. Yeah, and that's a good idea. I'm glad he did that because uh, Boy, that would have been something. <laughs> Freddy versus Jason, made by Rob Zombie. There would have been so much fucking hillbilly, fucking <laughs> grungy well, hillbilly yeah, shit. And see, they didn't let they weren't they weren't going to let him write it. I, I mean, I'm sure he. I'm not sure he would have done it, but I think that would have been a better chance of him doing it if they had let him write it. But they were just going to say, "Here, direct the script." Yeah. Um. But that's interesting though, because when I found that out, because like I thought. I mean, I remember when House of Thousand Courses came out, and my understanding was that, or my thought at the time was that nobody in Hollywood really had any faith in him at all. You know, like he was just this rock star who makes, uh, you know, semi-shitty music that wanted to make a horror movie. And um, he, uh, you know, and, and he basically had to, you know, fight to get funding for House of Thousand Corpses and he surprised everybody and that's where his movie career came from so it's interesting to me that they had enough faith to actually offer this movie to him um of course they were having trouble finding anybody to take it as you were saying yeah so that was probably why i was i guess so but yeah i mean um you know like i said like they you know while developing this film they wanted to keep you know the 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 canon for these characters Mm -hmm. So you know, a big thing about Freddy when he uh, when he actually got Michael Myers to 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 release from his grave, he actually morphed. He somehow got into a dead inhale Jason's mind, and he was d- dreaming of his mom. Like Jason would, um, Freddy would play the mom, Pamela, and that's how yeah. he got Jason to, to come up and to to you know do her bidding. Of going to Elm Street and killing these kids on Elm Street, so we have Jason being resurrected. And I, I like the way they did it. Like the beginning of this film is probably one of my favorite um, openings to a film, especially a horror film, because we're in like this dreamland of Camp Crystal Lake. We see like this hot counselor girl stripped down naked and go skinny dipping mm-hmm. right away. 
You know, I mean, totally eighties. I loved it. In there looking for some yeah. guy named Mike, and then Jason comes up and slashes her. There is a, an extended part of this that shows like what happened with this girl before she got into the to the um, the skinny dipping. I actually kind of like the the opening part of it better, but obviously we had to cut that part down. Um, you know, she was like a camp counselor, and she was taking care of these kids, but she she wanted to leave the kids alone, even though one was scared to go fuck this guy named Mike. So, yeah. and that's how Jason, you know, he started killing this counselor, and that's how the the counselor turns into uh, Pamela, and t- and Pamela tells Jason to go to Elm Street. Uh, and start killing these kids because Freddy's idea is okay. If if I can't cause fear in Elm Street because they're not remembering me, I'll use Jason in the live form to go there and kill these kids. And then when there's start, there was murders happening again on Elm Street, everybody's gonna start remembering Freddy Krueger because he's the original person who murdered the people on the street. So good plan by Freddy over here. Okay. Yeah, and and and, you, and it's kind of cool the way this starts because it's it's like. It's like a like a fantasy, like a dream, you know, because this is like it's like a dream or a fantasy version of what happened in the Friday the Thirteenth movies. Yeah, and you know that that he's invading Jason's mind or whatever, who's yeah. still living in the woods, I guess. So I like um, it. one. Yeah, one thing I didn't like, I didn't. I, I mean, I know we'll get to this, but I didn't like why that they made Jason afraid of water. That's stupid. Doesn't make any sense. Well, it, well, if you remember, and Jason takes Manhattan, he was kind of scared of water. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the toxic waste. He looked a little scared. That's not water, though. That's toxic waste. Well, you know, it's... Foreign, I mean, it's in the water. movie, he spends a lot of time underwater killing people, so it doesn't seem like That's true. that would be something he would be... Yeah, like, yeah, like in the... Uh, what was it? It was in New Blood, where he just mm-hmm. escaped the water, and then not even, like, ten minutes later, he's back in the water killing a girl, even though he's in there yeah. for, like, ten years and shit. So, uh, but yes, yeah, I, I, yeah. Well, they had to do something because it was all like, okay, well, Freddy is scared of the fire, kind of, and we got to yeah. make Jason afraid of something. So we're just gonna give him which some is water. what, which I'm sure is where they came up with that idea. Yeah, because the because fi- fire killed Freddy when he was alive, when he yeah. was a human being. Yeah, and water killed Jason when he was a human being. Yes. So, so you know, we do meet some. Uh, so the kids are pretty interesting in this film. I actually uh, thought a lot of them were pretty good. Like for the time period, you know, 2003, you know, teenagers mm-hmm. and stuff. You know, a lot of movies in like 2000s or 2003, I think they're just like so like hokey. You know what I mean? But I actually thought like these kids were pretty good. Um, so we had the main girl, Lori. She is uh, uh, kind of like our, our main girl for here. And she's uh, her big story is like um, her boyfriend went to a mental hospital, even though she didn't know that. And her dad, it's just her and her dad because her, her mom supposedly died in a car wreck, but it was not that. And, you know, just they're just doing normal kid stuff all having sex and everything. I think it has that girl from Ginger Snaps here, too. You ever seen that movie, Ginger Snaps? Yeah, I was going to say, the girl from Ginger Snaps was in this. I love yeah. that movie, and she's great. And she's American great. Mary, she was good in that, too. So she, she's kind of like... Yeah, she's American like, Mary, yeah. She's like, she's like the 2000s like, scream queen of this girl mm-hmm. is. What's her name? Yeah. Um, Ooh, what's her name again? I was trying to remember her name. I was trying to look it up, and I can't remember her name off the top of my head. Uh, I don't let's see. I don't remember her name either. Oh, yeah, it's Catherine. Catherine Isabella. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So. Like, I thought her character was really cool. Like, you know, like, especially, like, 
for a 2003 character, yeah. like a person, like a teenager, like young person. Like I think that she, that, like it, I, I think that the the party they're at was pretty pretty accurate for a movie. You know, like yeah, um, like I was a little bit shocked. This shows how time has changed in twenty years, but like I was a little bit shocked that she was smoking inside. Oh yeah, that's still that's still a thing that's, that, in two thousand. Yeah, that, well, yeah, because that's like you know, because people were still smoking everywhere. You could still like, I mean, I know in some places in America you can do that, but like here you can't smoke in bars or restaurants at all anymore. And I couldn't go. I don't think I could go back to that. Um, but but it, that was common for years up until almost about this time. I'd say probably. The late 2000s, like 2008 or nine or something, is when they outlawed smoking here. But anyway, um, but yeah, I thought that was that, that's the first thing I thought I was like, oh, she's smoking inside. Yeah, it's terrible. So I don't know. I remember those days, brother. Pretty, that always sucked. Yeah, getting that smoke all over your clothes and shit. Yeah, and everything smells like shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you know, the big story about this is we have a uh, they all getting ready. They were all at Lori's house. These kids are just you know, dad's out of town. Kids are coming over. I don't know if they said it was close to Halloween. I don't believe so. I think this is still like summertime or something. But they are just having a good old party. And um, the uh, the characters, the Catherine girl, the Gibby, her boyfriend, it was just kind of like an asshole the whole time. You know, kind of one of those like asshole boyfriends. He gets killed yeah. by Jason right away. And they all start freaking out a little bit. And this is when the... the, the, the so, you know, the, the grown-ups around... Um, Elm Street at this time, you know, it wasn't the same grown-ups who who covered up the killing of Freddy. It was the ones who who worked with the 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 people you know at the beginning movies to get rid of Freddy. And the, their big thing was they just needed to forget about Freddy. So it was like the, in the town, the grown-ups knew to not remember Freddy and not even tell their kids about Freddy because that's how he would get his powers of being feared mm-hmm. and remembering them. So that that was their big plan. And, you know, you could tell, like, the cops, you know, didn't want to tell the kids who this Freddy guy was or just saying they got it handled. And they also had a new deputy guy, too, who didn't know anything about any of the Elm Street murders. Or he might have known about the murders and stuff, but he didn't know anything about the Freddy lore. And then the cops didn't want to tell him either. So I thought that was pretty clever where we're not rehashing all these kids, you know, all these grownups, like, they're hiding the killing of Freddy and stuff. They're actually hiding to, you know, to, to not have everybody remember him like not even bring it up right at all it's what it makes sense right yes. like it like it because you would all if they didn't do it that way you would wonder like it would be the same typical thing that's like a just a plot like a plot thing that makes the plot go forward like well why would they not tell this person because one thing that's annoying to me in movies is like there's so many things that happen that if two people had a simple conversation would never have happened um but in this scene in this sense it makes sense because they're like why would you know, they don't want to tell him about freddy because if they do then he might be infected by freddy and bring freddy back so they're all like taking this drug to keep from like having dreams yeah and you know they they need you know he wants to know because he's on to it but they can't tell him yes so i think that's i think that's all like really cool and really great idea yes and you know, and like, of course, you know, Freddie at this time, he is trying to, like I said, he was trying to cause some murders around his Elm Street so he can get, he's basically using Jason at this point. He's using Jason to cause murders around Elm Street so they'll remember Freddie so he can come back and do what he loves, haunting people in their nightmares. So, 
another uh, story plot is too is the the characters of Will and Mark. So they are in like this mental hospital because the big thing is Will thinks he's there because he saw Lori's dad kill Lori's mom. And he knew that, I guess, Lori's dad has a lot of influence around the Elm Street. So that's why he's locked up in the uh, Santa Asylum. And Mark knows about Freddy because Freddy killed Mark's uh, uh, older brother before. And so, like, these two are... We had to we had to cover them up because they they will spread you know Freddy to everybody because they know about Freddy and it, like I said you know Freddy's kind of like a disease if everybody starts knowing about Freddy and fears Freddy that's how he gets his powers so the town decided to lock these two up in a, in a insane asylum to keep them under wraps of course not telling them you know why they're in there yeah he's like a right he's like a virus so yes. they just. So they so they kept those two people away from everybody else and gave yes. them the drugs so that they can't infect other people. Yes, but just like Ric Flair in 1999, I believe, those two escape from the mental hospital and they go right back to Elm Street doing what they doing what the town knew they were going to do, causing fear in uh, Freddy because it was Mark who told Lori about Freddy's nightmares and Freddy's coming for you and everything. And then I like when they realized it in the van, it's like, oh, fuck, I fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I feel like shit. It's like damn. So now a lot of the main characters and stuff are knowing about Freddy, and this is when we could see a lot of the kids getting uh Freddy Freddy's slowly getting back his powers. So I like it. And they don't know it. They don't know about Jason at this time because they don't they haven't seen Jason kill anybody yet. So they're not like exact they just think Freddy is, is, is the, the Freddy disease is spreading throughout the town now. So it's going slowly, yeah. but Freddy can't do the killings on his own yet because he's not powerful. So he's still like semi uh, using Jason to to do the kills. So you know that that kind of leads us to the big uh, outdoor. P- Jason, uh, uh, Alice, have you ever been to an outdoor f- uh, cornfield party before? Um, I've been to similar things. Yes, they're always a lot of fun. This one looked pretty fun. You know, we get a bunch of trucks out there, brother. You know, I guess they're doing some rave dancing. Got some ecstasy yeah, going on so. over here. You got that yeah, guy in the glow slick. You. you got that guy in the glow slick uh, about to, uh, you know. You got a <laughs> drink out of your uh, uh, red solo cups. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Jason shows up because he feels he knows kids are going to have some sex. All right, yeah, you know he kids. can't he can't he can't handle that, brother. That triggers him. So Jason starts killing people in this cornfield and everything. And a lot of some of the main characters die, and this is when they actually realize, like, oh shit, who the fuck is this guy? You know, this is a big ass motherfucker with the hockey mask. Like, who the fuck? You know, they they don't know who this guy is because they just thought like there were some murders happening. They just might maybe thought it was like Freddy or some like random serial killer or something. And this is when they actually meet uh, uh, Jason. I thought this scene was pretty cool. They even let the this one the the one guy like he killed um this one like dude like just chopped his head off and the other guy like poured mm-hmm. moonshine on him and lit him on fire and jason's still like r- running through the whole cornfield on fire just killing everybody and stuff i thought that scene was pretty clever that was awesome yeah <clears throat> yeah like where he's like, going through the cornfield on fire and setting the cornfield completely on fire that was great yes. and then great you know scene. slowly at this time too um the thing that really pisses like freddy off is when he is going to be killing the the gibby character Okay, because she passed out from drinking too much. Okay, mm. and it's really weird. So like, so she is she's getting haunted in her nightmares by Freddy in the boiler, like kind of like the the farms, uh, 
it kind of looked like a farm boiler room, okay? Mm-hmm. And she's getting haunted by Jace, uh, Freddy there. And then when she's alive, she's about to get, uh, 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 she's about to get a, a date, date, pretty much date rape by this like fucking neon glow guy, okay? Yeah. And then yeah. Jason comes over there, and he kills the the ecstasy guy and her before Freddy can kill her. And then Freddy's pissed off. Like, that's what really pisses him off about Jason because Jason took his kill. Because, you know, Freddy, he needs to... Now, he can't only just haunt their nightmares. He has to kill the motherfuckers, too. And that's how he right. gets his power. That's how he gets his being. So now Freddy's pissed off now at Jason. So I kind of like that that whole sequence right here in the farm pretty much started the whole, you know, like, Freddy's like, okay, I was just trying to use this fucking Jason guy. Now he's getting in my way. Now I gotta... Now I gotta take him out so so that kind of leads us to the uh i think the first fight they have is actually jason is in the um he's in he, he's fighting uh freddy in his in, in freddy's world the dream world mm-hmm. okay and it was like a little goofy where he's like taking him and just like throwing him around the whole place <laughs> like a ping pong <laughs> yeah 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 it was it's kind of like a uh well, was that a, I would I just, I thought it was like a like a Looney Tunes cartoon. Yeah, like a Bugs Bunny cartoon or something. It's kind of what it was like. Yeah. So you know, and then this is the time where the kids are like, okay, you know, we can't beat. You know, their their first idea, the kids were were mm-hmm. they they need to get that drug, the hypnosis drug or something, the blue pill. And, of course, we have a character who's like Jay and Silent Bomb. He's there. And uh, they need to get that that pill from the the, the Santa Asylum. Because if they take the pill, you know, they won't have Freddy. Because they're they're worried. They know Jason is dangerous, but they can kind of, like, avoid Jason a little bit. But they can't avoid Freddy because he haunts your nightmares. So it's kind of tough. Like, you can't even go to sleep and shit. So they they find out about this pill. And they try to go get it, okay? But before they can even get the pill, uh, Freddy takes over the Jay and Silent Bomb character guy, and he throws all mm-hmm. the pills in the fucking drain, all right? And this is when he's taking over the body and everything, and then this is when Jason shows up to the same at Santa Asylum trying to kill the kids because, you know, that's what he does. And this is when we get the, uh, you know, we find out that Jason's a little afraid of the water, and this is when we get the... Jason in the dreamland fighting uh, uh, Freddy. And of course, Freddy's beating his ass in his territory. So the kids are like, okay, well, fuck. Like, the only way we can probably defeat this Freddy guy is if we bring him into the physical world. Okay? Because it's already been established in a lot of those Friday the 13th, I mean, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street films that if you grab, if you wake up and you grab onto something, in Freddy's dreamland, it can actually come to the physical world. And they find that out when uh, Freddy was stalking the, the Laurie character for a little bit. So, Right, yeah, because yeah, we've done that before. So we got to bring Jason into our world to kill him. Well, no, we got to bring Freddy into the world. I'm sorry, Freddy into our world. That's what yes. I'm going to say, yes. Because I'm always confused, though, in these Freddy movies. Like, maybe I'm just dumb, but... I'm always confused in the Freddy movies, like when we're in the real world or when we're in the dream world. Well, kind of like, you know, yeah, I mean, it it could be a little tough. I think they did that on purpose to make it look like that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, 
You just gotta pay attention, brother. All right, you gotta wear you gotta wear your glasses when you're watching this movie. All right. Oh, right. Sure. So, uh, so the big thing is now the kids they're they're kind of out of hope, right? The pills are down the drain. We lost the pills. Uh, they had the side story of uh, Lori's dad. You know, they finally figured out that he was the one who who created the pill and was giving all these people these pills. I guess the some of the people who were remembering Freddie too much. He would give them uh, like a little, little more high dosage of these pills just to keep Freddie down, and they still so they still think that Lori's dad is like this like bad guy too. You know what I mean? Like he's like a like an evil guy as well too. Maybe he's like the guy from Reanimator, you know, something like that. Right. So the big thing is after the kids they realize okay, well we got to Jason is like you know getting beat up by Freddie right now. What we need to do is 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 keep Jason alive. We got to bring him back. To his his turf, Crystal Lake, okay, because that detective guy who was new to the force, he told mm. the kids about the whole Camp Crystal Lake, the whole Jason murders and everything, and that, like I said, their plot now is to bring this this Jason, you know, back to the Crystal Lake, and try to. What they're gonna do is they're going to put Lori to sleep, and her her plan is to lure out. Freddy and get Freddy in the physical world so we can have Freddy versus Jason in that fight each other and hopefully kill both of them. You know what I mean? Like hopefully they both take each yeah. other out so we can, you know, not die. Okay. So that's the, that's the kids plans. Okay. So we, we they, they do that plan while they're driving in the van. Okay. And you know, we have Lori in there and of course stuff goes awry. You know, the car crashes, you know what I mean? Jason starts to wake up and stuff. And eventually, it does happen. Out of, like, the the last moment, brother. The last moment, uh, Lori grabs on to to Freddy, brings him into the real world, and now Freddy's like, oh, fuck. And this is when we have our big showdown in the Crystal Lake of both the Freddy and the Jason going at each other, like, chopping off limbs, fucking stabbing each other, throwing pipes on each other. I mean, you you name it. They were just going out of each other crazy at this time. Um. Oh, I do got some uh, side notes if you want to hear it. So check this. I I didn't realize this until I was like mm-hmm. reading this because I all my research I didn't realize it until right now. So uh, apparently there is a, a a a stunt coordinator in the uh, 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 for Robert England in Freddy's boil some of the the Freddy's boiler room scenes. Do you know who the stunt co- coordinator was for this? I'll give, you uh, one, give you one guess. Stunt coordinator? I know that Rey Mysterio did some of the stunts for Robert England. There you go. Yes. That's what it was. Rey Mysterio. I had no idea. He did that Which shit. is weird because yeah. he's very small. <laughs> exactly. I was like, wait, wait, what? You know, Robert England's like not tall, but he's not like, he's not Rey Mysterio short. Interesting. I didn't even notice that at all. Like... Maybe some of the flips and stuff. I, I didn't see I didn't see Freddy doing no uh, hurricane manas. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm thinking like maybe some of the scenes where they were like throwing Freddy around. Yeah. Um, because a wrestler would be would know how to do that safely. Of course, y'all would think any stuntman would know how to do that. Yeah. It's just Plus, like Robert England. It's so weird. Like I need to watch it again because Robert England is skinny, is thin. And Rey Mysterio is not thin. Even then, he was not thin. 
was a little so bigger just, at this time. Like he was bigger than he was around 2003. But yeah, like he's not tall or like you know. No, but he would be more stocky than Robert England would be. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know, I don't know. It's weird. It's just odd to think that, but that's sure. cool though. So, but uh, you know, the big battle. I, what did you think about this battle? I thought it was pretty good. You know what I mean? Like they, yeah. I thought it was pretty good going back and forth. Um, you know, using the claws, using the the, the machete. You know, we had the pipes there. They were trying to one up each other back and forth. You know, obviously Jason doesn't talk any, so you have Freddie just like saying all these lines um to jason during the whole thing but uh you know i thought the big battle was pretty good um you know the the you know it was like they're kind of like one-upping each other a lot and uh you know of course the big thing was like you know they got them both to the lake and then they they lit the the lake um, with gasoline on there to try to blow them both up you know so Mm -hmm. and it kind of seemed like it kind of seemed a little bit though like, they were trying to, like, make Jason, like, the baby face a little bit. Because the whole, like, you know, him drowning as a kid and stuff. You know, because, you know, Jason originally didn't start off like a murderous serial killer. You know what I mean? Like, he, you know, he, he had a wrongdoing happen to him. And he turned into this, you know, j- killer because, you know, that camp counselor, you know, not watching him when he drowned and then showing that one counselor cut off his mom's head. So he just had a lot of trauma in his life compared to, you know, Freddy Krueger, who was, you know, always a crazy serial killer madman. So, yes. Well, Fred, Freddy Krueger is always problematic. Like writing a story because they've basically made when they came up with the idea for Freddy Krueger, he was essentially unstoppable. Like there's no, he has no real weakness. Um, you know, so their their idea was, well, we have to bring him into the real world where he's where he's weak or whatever. But that's the only weakness they come up with. Like he's a supernatural person. So you need a supernatural solution to that. But they didn't write any other supernatural magical aspects or whatever into uh, into the story. You know what I mean? Like if if Freddie were ri- you know brought back by magic or something, then they would be able to use magic to get rid of him. But he just came back for whatever reason. They don't really explain how why he came back. He just came back. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, he came back because he was trying to get everybody to uh, remember him. No, no. I mean, in the very original Nightmare on the Street. He oh, just came okay. back because, you know, he did. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, there's no real reason for it to happen. It just happened. Well, I always thought um, I always thought Freddie was kind of like a uh, like a kind of like a ghost. You know what I mean? Like that a you, ghost, yeah. You can't really kill the ghost, but if you keep remembering it or something like the biggest thing about freddy is like it's like all about memory and fearing you know what i mean if, yes. you, if you fear this guy you remember him a bunch you know he'll he'll come back you're like and he'll come back and he'll get stronger and stronger the more people who fear him and stuff but if you don't do it if you if you just like don't think about him you know, don't remember him don't have dreams about him he basically is powerless so he just kind of goes off so you know freddy cougar i feel like he could just come come and go anyways so you know, he's kind of like, you know, he, he's he's um, immortal in a way. You know what I mean? Like, he's immortal if you keep remembering. So, even if you bring him into the uh, to the uh, to the real world, like they did in this film, and they chopped off his head, you know, obviously at the end we see Jason come out with Freddy's head, but Freddy's still good to go. You know what I mean? Because a little wink. Yes. You know what I mean? Got to keep it going, brother. 
And, you know, Jason is basically like an unstoppable monster. You know, like, I, 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 I don't really know how you beat the guy. Like, the only way you could probably beat him is maybe if you just chop him up in little pieces, but you don't know if he'll just morph back. So it's basically like these two immortal monsters that can't die. And you try and yeah. you try and you try, but they just keep on coming back, brother. Yeah, because, I mean, they've made Jason also now a supernatural being, so yeah. he's a zombie. You can't kill him. Exactly. It's not possible. So, and, you know, a couple of things. Uh, the, uh, what do you feel about the ending? So they had a couple ideas for, like, the, 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 the ending. Like, the one idea they really wanted to do was have, you know, Jason and Freddy fight around the dock of the Crystal Lake. And they were fighting everything. They're fighting... Mm. And then they would see, like, this big hand from the crystal, like, grab them both and bring them back to hell. Because, you know, they're supposed to be in hell. And it was, like, the, the per, you know, the I guess uh, the master of hell, Satan, is coming back for them. And grabbing, yeah. and grabbing both of them and dragging them back to hell again where they belong. But they couldn't keep, fit that in the budget. All right? So they, they just had, yeah, they had just had them fight on the pier and chop off the head. And, you know, then they would burn Freddy again and stuff. So... And then they would show Jason, you know, uh, carrying Freddy's head with the wink. And then, like, the fucking, the alternate ending totally sucked. Like, the alternate ending was basically, we would see uh, Lori and Will, like, you know, fucking in the room a little bit. Saying, like, everybody's good and gone and dead. And then they would, uh, uh, then, of course, uh, Will would wink and he would turn to Freddy. And we would have Freddy, you know, still be alive and people's dreams and stuff, so... Yeah, I mean, I thought that the ending they had was probably the best one they could do. Yeah. You know, with, with Jason killing Freddy in the real world, but Freddy's not really dead because you can't really kill him. Yeah. So, you know, saving the face for characters. And it's crazy that we haven't seen, like, anything from these franchises for, like, you know, they just they just rebooted both of them, basically. So we have a reboot of the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and the reboot to the Friday the 13th. Um, I know they were, they were talking about doing the uh, Camp Crystal Lake TV series on Peacock. I believe that's in development, and that's real. Uh, but when it comes mm-hmm. to Nightmare on Elm Street, I really haven't heard anything about... Uh, you know, I've heard rumblings of stuff maybe happening, but uh, but yeah. But like th- this is basically, the uh, so far, the, uh, the stopping point to the whole... Both mega franchises. I don't know. Like, I don't... Could, could there be... Well, of course, it could be more. Uh, there could always be more. But, I mean, do you think that this is a good ending for all of these? Or do you think they should try and do these crossovers some more? Um, so, you know, obviously, like we were saying, they did do that crossover on the comic book with Freddy versus Jason versus Ash, which is supposed to be a sequel to all this stuff. Um, you know, I think it was a pretty yeah, good uh, idea. But I don't know, man. Like, who? I mean, I, I don't really see, like, a Michael Myers. You know what I mean? Like yeah. mixing well with these characters, I think that might be a little bit too much, you know. I think, yeah, I think, I think even this is really too much. Like I said, I don't like crossovers like this at all. Yeah. Um, I just don't like them. Um, I mean, I can't think of any ones that I like. Um, but they they actually did this pretty well. Yeah. Considering, I mean, I think it was better than it, it definitely was better than it could have been, and it was actually decent, decently good. I mean, it was entertaining. Um. It's certainly better than part eight, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, this one, like, this one, you know, compared to some of the later, you know, Friday the 13th and, uh, and, uh, um, Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, I thought this one, like, was really well written. 
You know, really good yeah, ca- characters yeah. and cast and everything. Storylines made sense. Fighting was really good. Gore was really good. You know what I mean? So I was like, you know, compared to some of the other ridiculous shit we've seen before, this one actually pretty made sense. So, you know, for a stopping point of the franchises in a way, you know, I think this is a pretty good stopping point. So I thought they did really well, especially for the time period and everything. So definitely. And, uh, and I hope fun. they do stop. I hope they don't do any more of these. Oh, they are. Come on now. You already know, I already told you they are they're already stuff in development. We already got no, the Camp no, Crystal Lake. I know they are, but. Yeah, they're going to bring Freddy back don't. in some way. Even though, they, even though they did try and fucking, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Robert England. Like, he, he, I think he said he was willing to do it, you know, another Freddy movie. So we'll, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. So. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, they're in development. That doesn't mean they'll be made, though. Yeah. So before we get on out of here, brother, and celebrate our Halloween, the only way Retro Blood knows how, watching horror movies, drinking some beer, listening to some metal, watching some pro wrestling, the, uh, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the soundtrack on here. Oh yeah, yeah. I was I was gonna bring that up. And totally forgot about it. The Freddy versus Jason soundtrack, brother. This is a Allison special, brother. If you like your new metal, <laughs> it's very 2003. Holy I can tell you shit, that. brother! There's like a ton of. Okay, so first of all, the main track, "How Can I Live" by El Nino. Have you seen? Did you see this music video or no? No. God, they, it's they were weird. just tear opening for uh, Cradle of Filth, though. I know. Weird. So they had not only um, did they had them on here, but they also had Devil Driver on the soundtrack too. And those they were both opening for Cradle of Filth. I thought that was funny. That's uh, that's that's true. They were both on there. Yeah. Now it does have Typo Negative on there, which yeah. I liked. Yeah, exactly. They that's uh, so not all these songs are original for the soundtrack. A lot of them are from like the records they released, but there was yeah. a couple that for were for songs made for the soundtrack. And I think the typo negative one we were, um, uh, we were uh, electrocute. Uh, we were electrocute. Yeah, that's on their uh, "Life Is Killing Me" album. I'm, okay. Yeah, I know some of them were made for this album itself. Um, so you know we have "Kill Switch Engage." We got some. We got some new metal on here, brother. <laughs> okay. And uh, "Hate Breed." I thought that one was pretty interesting. We have uh, "Slipknot." I mean, come on now. This is uh, this 2003, brother. Snap. Even that song they played, it's like Snap. It's like a demo version. I didn't really like the song. That was kind of boring. We have uh, a big band, uh, Allison. He was probably rocking out in the 2003s from Autumn to Ashes. I can see him loving oh, that band. Oh, for sure. Autumn to Ashes, yeah. Uh, Love me some emo music. Seven Dust, brother. All right, come on now. Power Man 5000. Oh. <laughs> we didn't get Rob Zombie, but we got his brother, brother. We got his brother. Yeah, and it only gets, it only gets worse. <laughs> Okay, I like I I don't mind the murder dolls, even though I'm big I'm a bigger fan of Wednesday Thirteen, but you know we have the murder dolls on here. That makes sense because they talk a lot about horror movies and stuff. Welcome to the Strange. Yeah. We got some more Stone Sour, which makes sense because Corey Taylor's a big horror fan. And I think the most interesting song out of all these songs on here is is this Sepultura featuring Mike Patton. Yeah, that was on one of their albums. That wasn't made uh, for this soundtrack. Okay. Yeah, so it's Sepultura. So it's the Derek Green Sepultura because, uh, well, yeah, he uh, Max had left 10 years ago, 10 years before this, or not 10 years, but a few years before this. Um, but yeah, so that song is on The Waste. Uh, the Waste is on there against, I think that's what album was called. Something like that. Um, uh, against, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, that's the first album with their new singer. Um, so. 
with Mike Patton singing on it. So that's kind of interesting. Um, In Flames is on the soundtrack Flames, too. Yeah. Trigger, that's a good song. With Trigger, which is on their re- reroute to Remain. Lamb of God was on it from, uh, yep. which they had just started to get kind of big. With yep. that was from uh, Palace's Burn. So they had just starting to get big. So I mean, I mean, it's a decent soundtrack. It's I mean, good. it does have. I mean, new metal was starting to go out and metalcore. So this is 2003. So by 2004, new metal would be dead and metalcore would be the big thing. Yeah. Yeah, you can already like kind of see was, it in this album. Like, yeah. metalcore is coming out oh, pretty yeah. strong. For sure. I mean, with, like, Hate, hate Breeze, not really metalcore, I guess, but they yeah. kind of are. Um, Kill Switch Engage is metalcore, though. And, you know, they and all the all the people that used to be uh, new metal kids with their big baggy pants, jeans, and um, shorts, and uh, backwards red baseball caps and whatever shit they were wearing would start wearing really tight black t-shirt with the arms cut out even though they're too fat to wear that and then they would start wearing their huge belt buckles with the belt buckle turned to the side because even though they don't even though they don't play guitar it would scratch their guitar if they did play guitar so they put it to the side and have their asymmetrical like parted on the side haircuts and yeah yeah that would be and then they would do their hardcore dancing on the youtubes which was new at the time yes like good old hardcore dancing. Yeah, especially during the Lamb of God shows, which is really funny. Like, I remember watching, like, early Lamb of God, and you could see all that mm-hmm. fucking hardcore dancing, which is weird because the band would eventually turn into Pantera. So. Yeah, well, they were they, around this era is when they did that, which, I yeah. I mean, I always respect Lamb of God because they were, like, the one, the one probably the only band after Pantera broke up that was just true, that was, like, promoting true american heavy metal it wasn't yeah. any kind of core it, didn't, it wasn't any kind of scene it was just true you know brutal uh, brutal uh, you know for, for what it was uh heavy metal it's just true heavy metal like i'll always respect lemma god for that yeah for keeping that going so you know i kind of like we talked about this a couple of times on the retro bug but i, I kind of miss the um the the soundtrack like movie soundtracks that have like bands in them you know i feel like they don't really do that that much nowadays like you know it's not like we're gonna have like no. terrifier too like well i didn't see any soundtrack for that you know what i mean like i think the last one i i saw was saw but i mostly had a bunch of rap bands on there you know what i mean yeah i think it just doesn't fit anymore and and like how many of these songs i mean i, I i'd have to go back and watch it again but i know uh we were electrocute is actually in the movie but how many of these songs actually play in the movie i think i think like almost none of them <laughs> that's what i'm thinking um yeah apparently in the uh uh we had Foo Fighters in one of the scenes, but it was a scene that got deleted. It was one of the alternative endings. So it's like, yeah, I don't think they're we not have, on like, the any... soundtrack either. Yeah. So, like, we only um, have one. El Nino is the only one that did a music video for this film. So, uh, yeah, yeah, but, you know, fuck it. Just put it on there, brother. Just put the brand's name on yeah. there. So, plus, I, I mean, I think those things were only created because, um, you know, it's it sells out. It sells CDs, but now people don't buy CDs anymore, so yeah. they probably aren't concerned about doing it. Yeah. But I have a feeling. So this is on Roadrunner, so it has all these Roadrunner bands, of course. Yeah. But like, I have a feeling that it was Roadrunner and Ro- and Roadrunner is owned by Warner Brothers. Is New Line owned by Warner Brothers? Mm, that's a good question. I think it might be. Because if it is, then that's exactly why this happened. Warner yeah, Brothers okay. Motion Pictures Group Brother New Line Cinema. 
Yeah. So so they own New Line and they own Roadrunners. So they uh, that's why that this happens. It's like, oh, let's we own this record label, so let's uh, let's put all these bands on a this on a on a quote unquote sampler CD essentially. Yeah. So this is something that they would use to give out for free, so that you could you know listen to Roadrunner bands and maybe like some of them and buy the CDs. But now nah, we're gonna make you buy that. We'll make you buy the sampler CD this time. We'll call it a soundtrack. Yeah. Oh, the good old days. Sample CDs, man. Gotta bring oh, that shit yeah. back. We gotta bring that shit back. But um, used to get. Yeah. But yeah, good stuff. But yeah, you know, it's kind of um, it's a little sad, you know. You know, finishing up these two big franchises. You know, probably when the lights out and later on, we might do a full review of the uh, uh, Jason Goes to Hell. You know, maybe Freddy's New Nightmare. We might do that long form one of these days. Maybe probably do Jason X one of these days too. And Russ Cream's New Nightmares. We might do that. But uh, yeah, I mean, this kind of closes that chapter a little bit on these two mega big franchises that we've done a full review on the Retro Bloods and, of course, talking about this on the Lights Out. You know, I would say this is a, you know, definitely pretty fun. It's always good to kind of look back on these and see what's going to happen. It's going to be pretty interesting to see how these franchises move forward as well, too, you know. So, yeah, I'm kind of interested to see. I mean, even though I, I, I really am kind of against them doing any more, but I'm kind of interested to see what they're going to turn turn into. Yeah, maybe they'll give us something good. Yep, yep. But everybody, I want to thank you all for joining us here on Halloween. Hope all your guys' oh, Halloween yes. is going great. Hope you're out there trick or treating. Hope you're out there partying. All right, getting your, your your costumes going on, scaring people, having some sex. You know what I mean, brother? Mm-hmm. Doing all the fun things that we like to do on the Retro Blood and the Lights Out. But, Allison, yeah. should we play anything from the album? Let's play a uh, typo negative. We were electrocute. Oh, there we go, brother. Typo negative. Good band. You yeah. Know. You can listen to that yeah. while you're, uh, just when you're out there trick-or-treating, watch out for your uh, razor blades and apples yes. and your needles and your Snickers bars. Watch <laughs> out for that. Yeah, watch out for that, brother. Okay. And, uh, you know, watch out to, you know, you know, if you're on Elm Street, don't think about your boy, Jason. No, oh, no, or, I mean, yeah, Freddy. Freddy. Yeah, yeah. If you're, <laughs> my bad. So if you're on Elm Street, don't think about your boy, Freddy. All right. And if you're no. skinny dipping in the lake, just make sure it's not the Crystal Lake, brother, because you're definitely yeah. going to get slashed or killed in your nightmares or in person. Oh, it's sad. I want to talk more about these movies, but maybe we'll do it some other time. But everybody, yeah. happy Halloween. Turn the lights out. Jay Austin, James Klein. We will see you all later. Happy Halloween, everybody.
Yeah.